0: Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from light reading, exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Matt Hayes, CTO at the internet service provider Highline, and Kevin Sheehan, CTO at Siena, which is a partner of Highline's. We discuss where Highline is helping to close the digital divide for unserved and underserved regions, what role Sienna is playing in spurring those deployments, how the companies are preparing for the $42.5 billion bead program, how AI can help solve some of the labor shortages in the fiber workforce, and more. All right, Matt and Kevin, welcome to the podcast. So nice to see you both.
1: It's great to be here, Nicole. Yeah. Greetings, Nicole. Thanks for having us. It's a a pleasure and an honor.
0: My pleasure to have you both. Um, I have been keeping up with a lot of Highline's deployments um, in our weekly column, The Buildout. So I'm super excited to get to chat with you about some of that. Um, Sienna, I know you had a recent announcement um, related to the Buy America and Bead program. I'd love to get some of your insight on, but we're going to talk about your partnership. Um, So let's just start things off actually with you, Matt. I would love for any readers uh, and listeners who are unfamiliar with Highline, Um, Can you give us some background on Highline, where you guys are delivering service, um, how you differentiate yourselves, and a bit about your partnership with ITC Capital?
1: Yeah, you bet, Nicole. Um, Highline is a regional service provider, and we operate out of six states, out of Michigan, Nebraska, Texas, Kansas, Colorado, and Georgia, and um, our mission is to provide exceptional internet service, empowering our customers to work, play, and thrive in a connected world. <clears throat> so we're we're really striving to serve those that are unserved or underserved uh, in you know some of those remote locations. We've been operating as Highline for two years, but our um, our, our heritage is really you know with with ITC ITC Capital. Uh, they founded this company through really um, two you know key things. One was an acquisition. Um, And then the other one was a pretty significant Ardoff Award up in the state of Michigan. And uh, we've been trying to build momentum, you know, um, along that, uh, along those two uh, paths uh, since then. And it's been, it's been exciting. It's been, you know, exciting to develop this, this company and grow it into, into what we are today and and what we uh, strive to be going forward.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Um, Sorry. Go
1: ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm just going to add, you know, what, what I would say, you know, as a, as a small service provider, we try to differentiate in the things that, you know, are common among you know the smaller providers, but we think we do it really well. And uh, you know, it starts with network reliability. We we strive, we have a relentless pursuit to try to hit three nines five service availability. Um, and then in terms of how we how we communicate with customers, we we try to communicate with our customers in ways that make sense to them. We're not just trying to sell you know, a speed and a price and a certain number of gigawatts, um, we're, we're trying to, you know, communicate to them in ways that make sense. Um, we've been really successful in doing that and packaging, uh, a gaming bundle, a streaming bundle or a work warrior bundle. And that has really landed well, you know, it's, 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 they understand that. And it's been, you know, easy for us to communicate how, how we can give them what they need, you know, just make it simple.
0: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> With, with with regard to those communications um in some of these regions that you're in i'm sure there are some of them are rural territories and you guys are kind of i would assume unknown to a lot of these communities what does that communication look like is it door to door is it setting up fairs like how do you do outreach in these communities that are underserved and unserved
1: yeah absolutely and that's that's exactly what we do we do go door to door in some cases it's hangers it's bringing a box of donuts to the local corner at the gas station um, It's just a, you know, it has to start with you know, kind of on the ground, and um, you know, of course, we'll, you know, work on the social media campaigns and those kind of things as well, just to you know, continue to get our name out there. But we do we do things um, community local outreach wise um, for uh, first responder of the month and for teacher of the month, and we you know um, advertise you know we, we try to get involved in high school football games and those kind of things, right, to get our name out there but the the community involvement on the um, teacher of the month has been it's been really kind of a exciting thing for us because we get to honor you know people in our community with a $200 gift card that <clears throat> can really make a difference for for some people and one of our um one of our teachers of the month you know was just elated about it because it really helped her get to and from school every day which was a long commute and you know help her pay for gas but we also give them a two minute spot on the radio to you know, get their name out there and honor them, you know, as, as they should be, because they, yeah. they are really ones making differences in the community and um, we're happy to kind of support them and lift them up.
0: Awesome. I love that. Um, Thanks for sharing that. Um, So I'm going to stick with you for another second, Matt, and then I'll give you a break and bring in Kevin. But um, I would love to talk about what some of the biggest deployment and uptake challenges you guys are facing in some of these unserved, underserved areas. Um, And then let's talk about uh, your partnership with Sienna, Kevin, you can come on in and chat about that as well. I'm sure that uh, that partnership is helping alleviate some of those challenges. So uh, back to you, Matt
1: yeah on on the the challenges of deploying in in these rural and remote areas uh i'll i'll leave you with three things one is is labor um labor is hard to find you know specifically in outside plant construction finding folks that have splice skills or that you know have um you know aerial and underground construction experience that's just hard you know we're dealing with contractors and subcontractors and to try to fulfill the pipeline that's not just here now, but that's gonna come, you know, at the second half of 24 and beyond when when all the bead momentum, it's it's gonna, it's scary to think about, you know, because that's challenging now. So that's number one. Um, number two is that it's it's remarkable how many people can veto a project. And, and, you know, you have, it's not just about whether or not we have the resources or we have the outside plant labor construction, We put an unbelievable amount of pressure on folks that we require in partnership, whether it's electric co-ops on aerial permitting or railroad permitting or um, archaeological studies done on land that we're digging in. I mean, these are not typically the the ramp up that we're about to face. Um, You know, these other companies and labor resources are not really prepared for that you know, they're, the, you know, they're not receiving any subsidy for some of this necessarily, right? So in some cases, they're looking, how, how are they going to expand their resources, right? Because it's just, you know, a, a, a domino effect on on the pressure that this is putting on, on those resources. Um, and then the third thing is just in terms of operating the network and the remoteness that we're in, in some cases, you know, a truck roll might be two hours away. So um, creating You know, network, network reliability and monitoring that helps us, um, you know, one, keep the network up, you know, as often as possible, but two, be as reactive as possible, you know, and and know with acuteness exactly what the issue is, because if if you don't have the right um, parts and pieces to repair the network on your truck roll, well, guess what? It's another truck roll back to the, to the shop, you know, so that's, uh, I think a really critical aspect about operating these vast, you know, remote networks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are significant challenges. I was just chatting uh, with others about the workforce challenges and how much uh, worse they're going to get as we get closer to Bede. But Kevin, why don't we bring you in finally? Sorry to leave you there in silence for so long. Uh, Let's talk a bit about Sienna and Highline's partnership, um, what products and services of Sienna's that Highline has adopted, and um, how you guys are helping spur deployment over there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Nicole. Uh, And thanks, Matt. So um, we've been working together since early 2021. And um, it really is a partnership. And, you know, I know partnership can be an overused word, but, you know, one of the reasons uh, service providers like Highline exist is to go out and Go after those underserved or unserved markets, and you know, of course, there's a reason why they're underserved and unserved. You know, it's pretty challenging uh, in many different ways. So, you know, um, we're able to help out, and I think uh, Matt discovered us around some of our purpose-built platforms for the middle mile that you know allow uh, service providers like Highline to get out there and have a very efficiently sized, a very efficiently powered, often temperate, completely temperature hardened platform to go out in those hard to reach locations. Um, so, so you know, that's, that's what we started with. I love the fact, uh, Matt, by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, you talking about these bundles of how you reach your customers, you know, the work warrior bundle, I thought, you know, super cool, very easy for the customers to understand the positioning and, uh, and very appropriate. I think a lot of others could take, uh, take a lesson from that.
0: Yeah. um, Sticking with you, Kevin, for a minute, uh, the light reading audience is definitely getting more interested in AI along with the rest of the world. So um, I know you guys have uh, some AI and network automation tools. Tell me a bit about Uh, those and how they're helping to fast forward deployments um, and how you see that evolving.
2: Yeah. So we'll start with evolving. Um, It definitely evolving quickly, but I do think we are still very much at the thin edge of the wedge. You know, we, (laughs) we, uh, we, we really have no idea. All of us in the industry have no idea where this is going to go. You know, a couple of years from now, I think, Um, you know, we have uh, prior to be to having uh, generative AI be so sexy uh, and in our uh, day to day vernacular, we do have a lot of or a fair amount number of capabilities into our management platform where, you know, if if Matt and Highline, you know, run into a uh, fiber break out in some of these remote areas they serve you know if they choose to turn it on our management platform will automatically discover that fiber break, break and then shoot some diagnostics out on the fiber to tell the techs exactly where the break is for example so you know certainly that's a bit of basic ai that we've had in the system now for a few years and that's just one example i think you know the real thing is going to be around uh, productivity enhancements and you know hopefully that'll help a little bit with this labor challenge that matt talked about because again you know the risk of stating the obvious you serve all of these remote locations you're not really and correct me matt you're not really often able to leverage the whole workforce of that remote location because it's a workforce that comes in and builds out a network and then leaves the area so they're highly specialized but they don't live there forever so that's even right. more challenging than the normal workforce challenges that we see out in society
1: that's right the build is as uh, much different than the operate right
2: exactly <laughs> Exactly. So, so I think, you know, maybe that'll help out, you know, AI will help out with uh, needing less workers and less expertise out there in the field. Um, and then, you know, certainly just getting back to the the realities of today, you know, inside of Siena, we're using a lot of uh, uh, uh AI tools to help with our productivity and help with our intelligence level as well when we're we're responding to RFPs and things like that to be able to synthesize the best type of response um, but you know it's challenging you know we see the same challenges uh, everyone else is seeing today you have to really work hard to double check everything and you have to really work hard to verify data and and also protect protect your data as well as a corporation.
1: Yeah, let me let me jump in too, if you don't mind, Nicole. I, th- I think you know, automation, AI, um, and big data; these things are all really tied together. And when it comes to how we're trying to adopt some of those things, I'll just touch on uh, service level verification for us as a really um, keen focus area. Um, like I was talking about before, to be able to operate these uh, the vast networks and try to do so with limited resources and you know far expanse between locations, we put a real emphasis on service level verification and what my team and I have been talking about is I want to know what's happening inside the customer's home at every cabinet location we've got. So for instance, up in Michigan, we're going to, we're going to have probably over a hundred different cabinets that serve roughly a thousand homes past each. Um, If we're waiting for the call center to tell us what's going on in the customer's home, it's too late, right? We need to know at each cabinet level, what does voice service looks like? What does streaming Netflix look like? What does Amazon cloud services look like? Um, You know, because it's not just about reacting quickly, it's about reacting quickly with, you know, acuteness and knowing, oh, this is maybe this is a DNS problem or a DHCP problem or something that we can jump on right away and fix. And we know exactly the correlation doesn't affect three cabinets or six cabinets, right? It's, So we've been able to dashboard those kind of service level verifications, which help us in um, either break fix kind of scenarios or even in maintenance work that we're doing ourselves, you know, in the core of the network. So we know immediately um, whether or not our, our what our customer service looks like at every location.
0: Got it. Okay, fascinating. Um, So let's jump over and talk a bit about public funding for the moment. Um, I know, of course, uh, Highline is in partnership with ITC, um, but I also know that uh, grants play a role in your build outs. You guys, I think, recently received a Robin grant um, and I know Highline has previously said that BEAD is going to be fundamental to your build out, I think, in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Right. So tell me a bit about the role of public funds in Highline's build outs. Um, which programs have been particularly successful for you guys? Uh, what makes public-private partnerships work for Highline? Um, and if you want to speak to to Bede um, and your plans there, I'd love to hear about that as well.
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, the endeavor to build out in rural, um, it just doesn't, frankly, it doesn't make sense on, you know, purely on investor dollars, um, given the, you know, expense and density and um, return. So. Um, just like every other, you know, expansive utility out there, you know, previous to us, um, internet is now the new, um, uh, utility that, that requires that public funding in order to really make sense and, and make the reach to everybody. Uh, so we're certainly looking at that. We, we are, you know, where we're trying to differentiate is we're trying to make well on, on our commitments. And, you know, you, you've seen a lot of, um, folks that have walked away, you know, specifically on the RDOF funding. And we think our track record is something that will certainly help us in the future in terms of how the, you know, public offices look at us as partners, um, to fulfill the, you know, the, the commitment. And I think that was certainly true in the case of, of Robin funding in the, in the state of Michigan. Um, in fact, we, we didn't win the bid in the first round, um, but, they came back to us in the second round, and I think it has a lot to do with our, you know, commitment to h- how we're fulfilling on our RDOF commitment, right? We've
0: okay.
1: completed one of the one of the sections of our bill. in Michigan was in the the thumb of Michigan, uh, which is about nine thousand homes, and we just celebrated the completion of that um, just this year, which was a really exciting opportunity for us. We had representatives there from the White House, from um, NTIA, from my high office uh, Cheryl Bloomfield from, from NTCA was there. So it was a really exciting event and kind of a, a, a feel good moment for the community, you know, that we could just be there celebrating together. Hey, this can be done. This can be done, you know, with, with, um, um, you know, with, with the right folks and, you know, committed to the, to the right goal.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and for bead, are you guys, uh, what are you doing to, to, to get prepared for that program. I know obviously fretting about labor labor is one thing you're doing.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're, we're certainly paying attention to all the different, um, state, you know, plans that are, that are being offered right now, as we speak, yeah. those are due at the end of the year. So we're, you know, in the States that we operate in today, we're, spe- we're spending special extra attention to, to how the state allocations are planning to, you know, uh, the challenge processes and, and all those things. And then at a higher level at the, you know, at the NTIA requirement, you know, we're submitting all of our cybersecurity and supply chain risk management plans. And um, we're really well prepared for those. I feel great about those. They weren't actually, you know, anything that was uh, new for us. We were okay. we were already marching along the the path on that. So I feel great about that. But, you know, just, it, and then I think the other thing is fulfilling the commitments that we've already had. And mm-hmm. with that's state and local, grants, because, you know, we know that shows up in our reputation and, um, you know, next year is all about the bids and figuring out, well, what's the percentage match that we're going to have to make to be competitive. Um, you know, but there's, I I think we, you know, obviously as we continue to expand our infrastructure, we're going to look at expanding, you know, in areas that we can operate, you know, without a complete new operation, you know, so trying to edge out from where we are today. And the final aspect that Highline is preparing for BEED is offering a fully subsidized ACP program. We offer that in every state today.
0: Um, Okay, got it. Thank you. Um, I'll leave you alone for a second. I'll come over to you, Kevin. Um, I know that I would love to hear any thoughts you have about how public funds are, you know, helping sienna get new partnerships but specific to bead um i know that sienna just announced plans to manufacture some bead products here in the u.s so uh, anything you want to say about that exciting announcement and what sienna is going to be doing to ramp those eff- efforts up i guess in the next several months
2: yeah yeah 100 so of course you know the the funding here in the united states is great the government funding to help uh you know you know, further serve the underserved and unserved, um, and it comes with a little bit of strings attached, which I think is reasonable. You know, if uh, if the U.S. government's going to give a bunch of money out for this, even though it's a great cause, they'd like to also create some jobs, and uh, so that brings along the Build America by America, uh, or BABA, as we like to call it. So, Sienna was very happy to announce a few weeks ago that we. Uh, uh, have expanded our partnership with Flex, you know, one of our key manufacturing partners to manufacture some of these products here in the United States. So uh, that's well underway. Um, you know honestly, we were a little slow to be able to announce it, but we were committed to it for a long time so you know, Folks like Matt and Highline knew about our commitment, but we were able to get the announcement out. Um, and I think it's it's great on several fronts. You know, it's uh, it's it's good to keep the funding moving by, you know, the industry giving something back to the government, so to speak, with some job creation. And uh, you know, for us specifically at Siena, it's great because we're extend expanding an existing partnership with one of our manufacturing partners. So. We, you know, don't have to go up a completely new learning curve, et cetera. And uh, you know, in this in this world where we've all learned about supply chain challenges, it's nice to be able to, you know, carry that supply chain across the same manufacturer, across multiple physical locations as well to give us that flexibility.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's super exciting you guys are doing that. Um, So in this last couple of minutes here, just wondering, you know, Matt, you called out a pretty significant deployment a couple of minutes ago, um, but are there any other uh, deployments that you all have partnered on or that you want to share about that you're particularly excited about that happened uh, this year where you helped to close the digital divide for a community?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been... uh... You know, highlighting mostly the the michigan aspect of our bill but we're we're expanding in in colorado in texas in georgia in kansas uh in, in nebraska in, in all of those locations you know we we really cut our teeth with the sienna partnership in michigan but we've expanded you know the sienna deployment in those other regions as well with the um the IP MPLS aggregation gear and then we also deploy uh, dwm transport gear um I think Sienna's really showed a commitment to rural broadband as well. Um, I mean, they are developing, uh, not developing, they have pawn based products as well. And we're, you know, evaluating those uh, as we speak, but I think it's, you know, it's been clear to me to see that, you know, Sienna's not just showing up at the front with, you know, their, their bag of goods. I think they, they really have shown commitment to this space.
0: Nice. Anything you want to add, Kevin?
2: Yeah. Well, first off, thanks, Matt. It's good to, Good to uh, have the reinforcement of a partnership, but not surprising either. Um, I, th- I think uh, carriers like Highline often come across Sienna from our um, optical uh, origins. You know, so they look at us for the middle mile based on our wildly successful uh, six thousand five hundred platform and WaveLogic family of modems, and then they uh, you know begin to become pleasantly surprised at how strong our routing and switching platforms are and uh, their capabilities. And again, you know, extending on our lineage of purpose-built platforms, you know, for specific applications, um, uh, they they come into us there. And then more and more on the pure residential side and on the Pond side, you know, they see uh, our unique uh, combination of highest density per rack unit with these pluggable OLTs and yet the lowest power utilization as well compared to a lot of our competition. So, you know, those purpose-built platforms, the, the pluggable nature, um, you can't get much better than that when you're trying to go out and hit some of these very rural locations. So, um, you know, they, they meet us through our optical lineage, which is fine, but then they get to know us more Uh, now as we push through routing and switching and into uh, the pond, pure residential space.
0: Got it. Very nice. Well, I want to thank you both so much for taking some time to chat with me. I will let you get back to closing the digital divide, and I look forward to keeping up with your work.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Nicole. Great to see you again, Kevin. Yeah, great
2: to see you, Matt. And Thank you, Nicole. Nice meeting you.
0: Thank you again, Matt and Kevin, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landreau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.